Welcome to the Guardians of the Spectrum podcast. In this episode, we recap our trip to Legoland and talk about some strategies we use to help our kids handle overstimulation, sensory overload, and things of that sort. We're pretty burnt out in this one, but nonetheless, I hope you enjoy. So this week has been fun with the boys. Yeah, because we went to Legoland. Ooh, on Sunday. Yes, we did. Legoland was fun. That's uh, been a couple and months. And it also was not fun because, <laughs> you know, sometimes times can get tough with our little ones. And yeah, at the end we experienced some tough time. But we also experienced some really cool time like uh, going to see the new playground that they have over there oh which is, yes the ninjago training center yeah it's one thing. of the and that's one of the key things that legoland does i think right as a theme park they have places for kids to go and just either be physical or work their mind or both yeah yep it's a it's a really cool addition that they have added to uh just to their, yeah to their setup their rep their what is it repertoire I don't yeah know. <laughs> i think so i think to their arsenal the um, like the structure of the park is really neat because you can go on a day, especially pass holders. Highly recommend if you're in the San Diego County area, worth it, uh, especially with neurodivergent kids. So like with neurodivergent kids, I think it's extremely beneficial because you can go and plan a day where you ride rides or you go and plan a day where you look at the map and you go somewhere new that's not a line based, right? Because lines are really hard for our boys. So on a really busy day, you can go and build a spaceship or go hang out on the playground, which has one exit, which is really important because some of our kids like to elope when they have moments. And this new playground is just, we got to see them like crane stuff in a few months ago and to see it complete, it was really cool and very sensory friendly. There's one where like you spin, it's like anti-gravity. Eli really liked that one. Oh yeah. There was a line for, for that one for sure. The dads had to come in and like (laughs) support their Which I kind of think I started, I have to say, like, it felt like, I agree. It felt like (laughs) Parents were just like, let them uh, figure it let out. Them figure it out, and they weren't <laughs> figuring it out. They just like all stood around and were ready to like battle it out. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> I'm like, it is a training center, but it's only figuratively, so yeah. we should not be battling each other. So like, I had to jump in there with the bear. I jumped in it there with Noah. bear. Yeah, yeah, and and he's such a sweetheart that like after a few seconds he would have given up his spot after he, he waited for it. Yes. And you did a really good job helping him. Oh, yeah. I literally had to throw in the timer, uh, like a physical timer, and, and say, yeah. okay, we're going off of this, buddy. Like, <laughs> And and he, because he wouldn't have used his whole time. He would have given up oh, his yeah. spot. He, he was, he was going to go for 10 seconds. Yeah. And, and I'm like, like, you waited for four minutes. Like, yeah. It's like, dude, like, yeah, at least go a minute. So. Yeah. Like, and you know what? I saw, um, I saw the dad right after me do the same thing. Ooh. Were you modeling? So. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so the Legoland, I know we talk about it a lot, but it's a big part of getting our kiddos out of their comfort zone in a comfortable place, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So they're familiar with it, but each visit's a little different, so it's out of routine or structure. We don't go to all the same rides in the same order. Yeah. That we felt, though, we couldn't do something Sunday that we normally do, which is the dragon and then ice cream. Oh, yeah. We, like, changed it up. Ooh, that was tough. Yeah, getting out of routine. And they share, and it's like $8. It's the best little treat we and do we, while we're there. And we already, of course, decided 
earlier in the uh, in our trip that we were not going to get ice cream. Because we're de-sugaring from the holiday season, so we're trying <laughs> not to have too much sugar in their too diet. Too much sugar. There's way too and much sugar. And that was really challenging. And one thing I love about Noah is that he's in this phase of asking why. And something that we do our really our best with, especially because of his autism or because he is autistic, is we try to be really clear on the why. And sometimes as a parent, that's really hard to do. Because yeah. sometimes it is just because I am tired. I don't want to do that thing. Or because, you know, we need to be efficient or work through whatever else we're working through. And so that why takes us time to think about and and discuss with him but i appreciate him he makes me a better mom because of it or it definitely helps having to like explain um just why and getting like having them get through that process where they're having like a difficult time i know uh he really needs that I, I, you know all the kids really need that they but. do but he's now vocalizing it yeah and i and i always i know you and i agreed even before we had children we were going to break this cycle of because i said so yeah like that is the for us something we agreed not to do other yeah. parents might do it, but we, before they, we even knew they were autistic, that was something we were like, we're going to be clear with our kids. We're going to be transparent. Um, and even more so now that yeah. they, they're divergent, neurodivergent. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's how I grew up. It's like, same. Do, do it this way because I said, yeah, so. <laughs> it's like that power struggle, right? Between yeah. the parent and the child. And I don't, there's no blame or shame on that generation, yeah. but I think we're moving. Away from I that. I mean, that's how I started out, basically, like, <laughs> saying how it was going to run in, uh, you know. Yeah. At least when we were deciding to have kids or we had decided to have kids. Yeah, it um, was a discussion for sure. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, we we decided, like, we're going to just be transparent with them. And it's tough yeah. treating them and talking to them like human beings because oftentimes kids are just, like, seen and not heard the old school right like you do what i say do it because i say it but we love our kids we respect our kids just like all parents do and we want to show that through our actions too yeah so i I think it's hard though (laughs) it's really hard some days i just want to say because i said so and that's just not i think i have done that before and i like backtrack i'm like actually we're gonna go back and talk about this because i mean it's a hard habit to break we heard it for 17, 18, 25 years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. From our parents, because that's what they knew. So, yeah. yeah. But I appreciate Mr. Bear so yeah. much for that. Yeah, and we, we, have, we, don't, yeah. we don't have those moments with him a lot. So We don't. Uh, but lately, a little bit more, you know. So, like, yeah. he, he'll ask, you know, oh, well, why can't I play technology right now? And he's genuinely asking why. He's not being sassy. Yeah. He's not being disrespectful. He just wants to know why. Yeah. (laughs) He's a very logical kid and wants to know, you know, like why we're making the decisions because he's learning from us. Yeah. You know, everything. I saw a video the other day about mirroring. um, And it made me think of something that we do a lot with our kids when they're upset, um, whether they're angry or sad or feeling anxious. And we kind of talk them through. Not all the time, but we, what we try to do is if a, one of our kids is feeling angry and they're crying, we will be, we will narrate that like, oh, I see you're really angry. Oh, I see you're feeling a little anxious. You're getting wiggly in your body. Like, do you want to talk about it? So that way they register that's what they're feeling and why. Yeah. Um, it's similar to the big why question, but we're mirroring that for them, which is pretty cool. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, parenting has just, I think lately, since the winter season, we had a pretty tough winter season. We uh, went on vacation and the kids caught a bug, what's new, Um, the flu or something. And then, yes, like one after another. Then our vehicles were both out of commission, which, if you guys know us personally, the cars are how we see our family, it's how I get to work. Like, they're really important, especially in the holiday season. So, that was an adventure. And to top it off, our uh, our house had a pipe burst and flood just before the big storms that oh, came yeah. in. So that's <laughs> been a journey and it's still ongoing. And so I think for me, our winter season has been extremely stressful, overstimulating. And it, I've been reflecting a lot on how difficult caregiving is and how it's a full-time job. <laughs> It is definitely, it takes a lot to, uh, to get through some things. For sure. <laughs> basic stuff. That's what we talked about this morning. Oh, the basics. Basic things. Yeah. It, it can, uh, just be a headache to get through yeah. washing our face or. <laughs> Wiping our nose during yeah. the flu season is just terrible for everyone involved. <laughs> Showering head or our heads. Oh, you know? washing hair is tough yeah. as well. And so we were talking this morning a lot about how that takes a toll on us as parents and how we want to be these people who are kind and patient and respectful of our children's voices and being mindful of that alone just by itself is a lot. And then trying to meet their needs in every moment. Because there are some days where one of our children will wake up and it is just they're overstimulated from the second they open their eyes. And so we have to be on on our toes of like, okay, how am I going to talk to this this child about you know, the fact that we have to shower today. It's a shower day. And that can take, today, this morning, it took 45 minutes to talk about instead of forcing and just throwing him into the shower. And I was telling, I was talking, we were talking and how, just how much mental capacity that takes just to do the basic stuff. That's like pulling teeth to do it. It's rough. (laughs) And, you know, not, not only are we trying to get whatever child is going through that situation, uh, like through it, we're trying to get them through it, but we're also like, I'm trying to make sure that the other two aren't like going down that hill as well. Right. Or (laughs) we're also simultaneously. So I'll paint a picture. That's a really good point because we have three children. They're all autistic. They're all unique and they're all beautiful and wonderful. And oftentimes they won't have challenges at the same time. And so if one is having a challenge, it's for us, we don't just get, have to focus on that child. We have to also focus on teaching the other two to have compassion, to have empathy, to have kindness. Like because we're legit running through that. Like, at the same time. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever said it out loud, all the mental moves we make yeah. during those small 15, 30, 45 minute chunks before we get them to school. And that's probably more thinking than most people do in a day that we do before 745. (laughs) Like that's a lot. And not to say it or to, to like belittle anyone else's experience, but this is our experience. And before children, that was not the case. Like I was focusing on one thing. I'd be stressed out of course, but it was just stressed out by one thing. And now it's, it's just so much overstimulation for me as a mom, as a working mom, as a, person that's trying to show up and be present for my kid it's really difficult 
even with a partner that's on board and has similar like discipline and structure, like we're on the same page when it comes to parenting and it's still hard. (laughs) It's still challenging. It is. It is just, I mean, you're just thinking about all these different things at once and you know, it's, it's mentally draining. (laughs) It is. I saw a post the other day, um, by a friend of mine, Jess Pate. She has another nonprofit. It's called We Are Brave Together. I highly recommend you guys look it up. They've got a blog. They have a podcast. They have a website. It's basically a support community for families yeah. like um, that have children with uh, disabilities or unique needs. And she posted, and it just like hit me on a different level. And she was talking about the fact that she is exhausted and listed all the support that as a parent she has, whether it's therapist, insurance, respite babysitters, in-home care. Like she has all of these things, this village, and she's just so exhausted. And then she listed and talked about, like, what about those families that don't have insurance? What about those families who don't have people that they trust with their children? What about those families who have multiple children with disabilities? You know, and so she talked about this and it hit me because we just recently moved and a lot of our support is far away and we're still building our community here. So we are with our children all the time, unless we have my mom come stay. Again, I tell you, we shout her out every podcast episode. (laughs) We see you, Nana. Um, And so, like, unless she's here or, you know, their aunties are here. And it's rare because we all have lives. We're all busy. But we don't have that consistent respite. And so we're literally, from the moment we open our eyes until the moment they close theirs, we're just fully on (laughs) you know um it's just a different level of exhaustion yeah that's why uh i i say uh in some of those moments like whatever child we're talking about needs an aid they need their aid so i'll jump in there or you'll (laughs) draw yeah for sure we were bowling actually yeah yeah we were bowling a few weekends ago and (laughs) one of them didn't want to do it anymore they were like I don't. Yeah. I want to go. Are we done? <laughs> it had been ten and minutes, and we, we realized, just started, huh? and we had just started, and we had waited like three hours to yeah. bowl. So we were like, okay, let's think about it. We forgot their headphones, so that was not great. Oh yeah, we knew they were going to be overstimulated, and so we were prepared for that. There were three adults present, so we knew that we had enough people. And Andrew, he just took it upon himself, and you went up there and you walked him through every step, and then we allowed him to decompress with his video game in between. Yeah. So he could just focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And it worked, and he bowled for an hour, and he had fun. And from an outsider looking in, it probably looked like he wasn't engaged, but he yeah. was. He really did enjoy it, but he was just overstimulated. Yeah. When it was time to bowl, he would get. He would definitely get in there. Um, but having those little breaks to just mm-hmm. decompress with the iPad, not not focus on all the other stuff that's going on, right, like kind of use the hyper focus on that. Right, like imagine a bowling alley. Just take yeah. a second if you're in your car or you're listening at your house, whatever it is, and listen just for a second about all the different noises you hear in your quieter space or in your home or your car. Then imagine you're in a bowling alley. You've got pins crashing, people laughing, people jumping around. Some kids are crying. We've got video games because we were at a, a combo, you know, video game, arcade, and bowling alley. Then you've got, like, the soda machines going off and the, you know, the intercom announcing orders being ready and kids, you know, running around and laughing and eating pizza and the slurping. and Like, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. But that's a lot. 
It's a lot. And I think uh, many people who are neurotypical, myself included, I can block all that stuff out. I don't get distracted by it. I can be like, okay, I'm just going to focus on the pins and everything else kind of fades away. Whereas for our boys, it's extremely challenging. Oh, yeah. They're not able to like express that, but you can see it like in their Mm -hmm. actions. Like they're just more irritable. Like they, they're fighting with each other like every yeah every chance they get like <laughs> or being a, me- a little a meanness mean. a meanness comes yeah. out of them when they're irritated you know yeah. like most people when right. they're irritated you know you have something picking at you then you're not the nicest person that unfortunately tends to happen with our boys a lot when yeah. when they're irritated by I don't know something in in the atmosphere yeah and so, so I think that it's pretty clear like oh that totally makes sense when you're in a bowling alley. But that can happen anywhere. Yeah. The overstimulus happens for our boys in a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, and as they've gotten older, we're seeing it with our oldest. He's being able to start naming what's kind of bothering him yes. because we have sat with him and practiced this with him for many years. Our little ones are still, they're still learning how to communicate, but also learning how to assess themselves and their yeah. bodies. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because their actual like, physical ability to communicate was much more i think advanced than like the noah like they can say a lot of stuff i feel like they have more like language than noah did i mean maybe he did at that age yeah Yeah. he's uh more advanced than they are i feel like for a while they were more advanced than him you know yeah because uh, because i'm gonna plug it again and i plug it all the time that early intervention is so important. Oh, yeah. It's not teaching your kid how to fit in a social norm. It's not breaking their spirit. This early intervention really helped them with the basics, like how to brush your teeth and how to walk on a sidewalk and not run into the street. That's what I believe in, like the inter- early intervention and the, t- the teaching and the learning we did as parents. We didn't have that with Noah. Yeah. You know, he got everything he needed from school. Um, And it just took a little longer because at school, it's not just one to one. It's one to 15 or one to 30 if they're in a typical class. So, yeah, I will plug it again. Early intervention. Yeah. So much things change, too, like for early intervention. Not for for us, you know, as well, like as people Mm -hmm. with the whole like having to explain like every single thing. Yeah. You know. This is a key. This is a, I know I've said it on, uh, before on podcasts, but yeah, you know. The key goes into the yeah, lock. Then like, you turn it to the. You're just saying the words, saying yeah. things to them, narrating every single thing so they, they can just hear. Right. Because they don't absorb it. Yeah. Like we expected them to. Absorb the fact that this, uh, these words or these sounds are connected to these objects. Oh, this specific sound that I hear a lot is connected to this object. That must mean like, you know. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> for yeah, sure. I don't know. At least that's how we see it happening. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It just helps them break it down and process. And we see yeah. them now doing that when they're trying to teach their brother something. Yeah. And so it's just, even if your child isn't autistic or doesn't have any sort of a disability, you can still benefit from early intervention if you notice they're not meeting their milestones because yeah. maybe they just learn a little differently and they'll be ready for school. Yeah. So highly recommend are, it. There are other things out there, of course, besides autism. So of course, like yep. You know, and it could also just, like, literally, right, it could be nothing like you just said. So Right. Like my yeah. nephew, he got some services yeah. when he was little because he was, wasn't talking as quickly as they would like. Exactly. And now he tells me all about everything. So... <laughs> 
Um, a huge difference. Huge difference. And it also yeah. is a form of respite, right? Yeah. So if you have more, even if you just have one child, but especially if you have more than one child, it allows that child to get the one-on-one attention that we as parents may not be able to give it to them. Yeah. Like a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's like a, you know, it's a, it's government aid. Yes. Really. Like it's government aid that for, that's help that's coming into your, especially if you qualify for a thing like ABA or something like that, you know, yeah. they're coming into your house to, you know, help you figure out how to get things running smoother. For sure. And so. when they're under three, it's usually, it's typically free depending on yeah. where you fall. Um, with the regional centers that is near you or your local support provider at every state, it's different, but in California, they're called regional centers. And if you go to them, they'll assess kind of the situation and your needs, and then they'll be able to provide early intervention if they qualify. And if they don't, what we're going to start doing is we're going to cultivate like a set of videos and resources for families that have suggested early interventions you can do at home. Mm-hmm. So say you're in a rural area and you're not close to a regional center and you want to support your kiddo to talk more or to try new foods or whatever it is, we'll have those resources up for you. You could do it on your own. Yeah. But I've just been feeling the exhausted vibe lately. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> more so than normal. It's definitely hit. Um, and hopefully, uh, I feel like we're going to get out of this. We'd be more active in our school community, church community. So Yeah, we're getting the kids um, into finally into a program. We're going to do jujitsu. So that should help them as well. Get some energy out, get some structure, um, and give us like an hour of time where we're not making all the choices, yeah. <laughs> which will be nice. Which, oh, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I love jujitsu. People out there that know me know that I'm into things like martial arts, mixed martial arts, yes. UFC. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> no PFL. <laughs> Many different martial arts, but that's kind of like how we ended up going down the road of uh, deciding to get the boys into jiu-jitsu uh, because we have the you know the local jiu-jitsu academy here in, on our main street. So we decided to just take them in there and do a class. I actually took a class uh, for adults. Not a jujitsu class, but a parent-related class uh, that taught parents how to help their kids own their, uh, just what they're learning. Yeah, you I know, think we talked about that yeah, in did, one of the episodes. We did talk about it in yeah. a previous episode, uh, and that's um, that's actually where I met the person who owns the jujitsu gym. Uh, mm-hmm. So she was literally my partner with uh, two other parents in the in our group. We we're there going through the little exercises that they gave us, and. Uh, after I'd seen her around town, because you see everyone in our small town. Yeah, we live in a small town. That's how, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how we ended up getting on that uh, jujitsu, jujitsu class because she invited us out to a class. Oh, and but they, I was, they did the little let the. I'm sorry, don't mean to cut you I'm off. I'm so worried though. <laughs> but yeah, so. They did the little like practice session to see if we'd like it. Oh my gosh, yeah. this guy. <laughs> I was like, he wanted to jump in and be an aide so badly. <sighs> But, yeah. but I was so proud of them Took because everything. they listened to the teachers. Yeah. They did what they needed to do, and they loved it. They loved it, and it's so cool yeah. to see them light up and and do something that they enjoy. Will they have bad days? Probably. Oh, you yeah. know, like we're human beings, but overall we got the sense that they really enjoyed it. Yeah, and that's one of those situations where, like, I mean, obviously I'm not going to go in and, like, be like, hey – you know, get over here, kids, or whatever. Like, oh, but you were wiggling in your I chair, was, it sir. It was hard. It was so hard. Um, and I did. You know, we did have little pep talks 
between on every water break. Basically. And you also did something really cool. Do you want to talk about what you did before you guys got there to the gym or oh, the yeah. academy? So before we got there to the gym, I actually showed them what a jujitsu class would look like, you know, what the kids jujitsu class would look like. Um, so there's, you know, of course, to just look it up online on YouTube. But the idea was just to prime them, basically. Yep. That was just that form of priming. So they know what they're walking into because, you know, they're... I said, all right, guys, we're going to go do martial arts, you know. And the first thing that comes out of uh, Ezzy's mouth is he's like, <laughs> are we going to hit people? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you would <laughs> think, right? Like, no, you're not fighting people. You're not fighting people. And Eli says the same thing. Oh, are you going to make us fight? And I'm like, no, no, nothing like that's happening. <laughs> nothing. When they we're, were learning go. their moves, they were like, yeah, I knocked them down. It oh, was we so did cute. some moves today, actually. And I practiced them today with them. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I love they it. just... So Eli, they, they, they Eli tried to he tried to flip me. He's like, you grab your wrist and you put your hand behind the arm and you do the flip. So <laughs> yeah. But I was so I was just so uh, like, I just I had to hold myself back to not get in there and say something. Because <laughs> right. the thing is, you know, it's this is a place where kids are going to learn discipline, and that can be tough sometimes. Especially yeah, with their needs and also the fact that they've never done any sort of structured class like this ever. Yeah, and our boys have trouble sitting still. They do. Yep. Being silent. Yep. And but it that didn't, is... The, the thing I loved about the teacher, though, like, it was great that she acknowledged that, gave them the verbal reminders, got up close with them, yeah. had proximity, didn't belittle them. It she was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And it gave me comfort, but also as parents who do all of the caregiving and do all the teaching... You couldn't see it on my outward appearance, but it was tough for me to watch too. Oh, yeah. Because we're always the ones that redirect. Yeah. That's our job. But it wasn't. And so I left feeling like, ooh, I wanted to do it, but so glad it wasn't me. Yeah. Because I could just enjoy them being kids for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of like anxiety that goes with that whole situation. Not only like not being able to go and like help out with what we know would, what we know would help them understand what's required of them mm-hmm. um you know there are also other parents in there who don't know our kids right. they don't know what's going on in our life so there's i feel like there's just automatically gonna be there's automatically in some way or another like oh you know look at these kids being crazy like yeah thoughts. like that fear of judgment yeah <laughs> it's a, it, that that gets into my head too um which that was and the funny thing is that was actually like less of a concern than just having the boys like want to like it i wanted them to like it yeah and which they do by the way because we've talked about it multiple times i love it uh i wanted them to like it but i also i was just i was worried that they were not gonna like it because which which did happen you know she had yelled at the kids not in a like in a bad way but it was she's just like the, to get control the leader. Of, hey guys yeah. there's no talking there's no talking and you know let's get to work type of thing you know but it was to everyone right and that's to everyone yeah, yeah. so um that's why like after i had I didn't like talk to her about yelling, but I just like said it, um, said to her like, "Hey, all three of the boys again. Yeah, they have autism, and I know they. It can be really hard to keep them sitting still, so they're gonna need a lot of reminders mm-hmm. to sit still and not talk during that stuff. So like, just reminders for it. Yeah, you know, and they the- can't. I said sometimes they. I said they have impulse control struggles. I guess they have struggles with impulse control. Um, so they literally when they feel something in their body, like they. Like, they have to move. They have to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess just reminders is, like, the best way. Yeah, or figuring out she, something that we can yeah, do Yeah, and she's meantime, super but. kind and open to, like, 
our feedback. Like Andrew talked to her prior to the class and let her know, and she was totally fine with them joining and then gave her the feedback again. And so she's not, not a, we're not, it's not like we're not able to approach her. Yeah. She's right. Very approachable, we allow so. her to do her thing. And then us being open and talking to her in a kind way allows her to be a better teacher yeah. too. And she was so receptive to all of that. And I think as well, like, the boys will get into that routine and that rhythm because they're going to start going once a week. So it, it, it'll get easier the longer that they're there for them to do it because they'll know what to expect. Like we do the warm up and then we learn a new move. And when we learn the new move, we have to sit nicely on the mat and watch. Yeah, you know, It sure. was their first time. So, yeah. um, But she did a great job with them. Yeah, and the did. other kids were super kind too, from that, what I could tell. That was so cool right? to see. Like the literally, you know, the, everyone was just so kind to the boys. Uh, the only I did see some, uh, some like you know, just kids just trying to best best each other. You know, they're trying to best oh, yeah. each other. It's, it's, it gets competitive, which is it's yeah. great. I'm glad that they're there to experience that. You know. And just uh, just be in a safe place where they can experience that. Um, yeah. Because who was it? Uh, oh, it, it did make it did make Eli sad when it happened. But he recovered. He had the chance to recover. Mm. Um, I don't know if you were. I might think not I might have, have left that, by that but, point. But uh, you know, the boys picked up the moves pretty quick. You know, so they were in there practicing, <laughs> and they they finally split up the twins. Oh, good. To go with us, <laughs> other other kids. Some context: when the kids all learned a new move, the twins they felt comfortable with each other. They totally partnered with each other. Which is fine, but also they're both brand new, so we were talking, like, I hope they split them yeah. up. Yeah, so. and part of that was because they didn't have the uniform, so they didn't have, like, a gi. They were, like, yeah. just basically in board shorts and a swim shirt. <laughs> um, Looking super cute. similar to, which basically no gi jiu-jitsu, for those of you who know what jiu-jitsu is. Um, but, uh, so, the kids were with other kids that they didn't know who knew the moves. So, Eli had bested somebody. And then that kid, you could tell, did not like that. <laughs> so. Look competitive. Like, laid there for a second, and he was like, I did it. Yep. And, but he kind of, you know, he had a little bit of cockiness with he, with he, when he said it. Yeah. That kid flipped him immediately from that after. <laughs> and get, got back up and was like. That's how it works. This is. Yeah. I just did it was, too. Was like, he type of thing, rude you know? to him? No, it wasn't a mood thing, but it was just kind of like, he just didn't want, I think I could tell that. It bothered him that he bragged like that, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is one thing we actually are working on. working him on not, that. Yeah. Like, teaching him to not do that because... And to not be upset when we lose. So in this situation, he, he won and then got flipped after. And the kid was like, well, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to happen, but you said that. Like, I it looked yeah. like that. And he got very upset. And then went and sat in the corner, cried for a minute. Oh, baby. And then his classmate... Oh, the little, the, the little class. guy? <laughs> like, that's a small town life right there. Yeah. Uh, literally went to him and was like, hey, it's okay, it's okay. Aww. And then, like, they basically went to go try again. Strong so, role model. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many affirmations we do. It doesn't <laughs> matter how often we say mistakes are how we learn. It's yeah. just tough for or, him. And yeah. he's working through it, though. Yeah. So... <laughs> Just yeah. work, keep working, and we'll keep yeah. working at it as but well. But <laughs> I do think that jujitsu for all of us is going to be helpful in so many different ways yeah. because of that break for us to just enjoy our children, yeah, and not 
because it's not that I don't enjoy our kids every day. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it takes, it's only a fraction of my brain power that I get to really enjoy them because I'm caretaking for them. I'm teaching them. I am moderating between the three of them. You know, we both do that. And I think that when they're doing something like this, like a extracurricular activity, we get to truly enjoy them as our children. Yeah. And it's like a mental relief. For so sure. I'm very excited. For sure. Not everyone wants to be a Beverly Goldberg and, you know, follow their schmoopy around all the time. <laughs> I love that show <laughs> so much. Um, a lot of families these days, just in general, have two working parents. So we don't get to just show up for our kids and be that's our one job, you know? Yeah. And that's tough. It's tough, but our kids will survive. Yeah, they will. <laughs> and we want them to thrive, too. That's the goal. That's right. And so will our podcast. Woo! Let's go. I think we're going <laughs> to wrap this up and then... Yes. yes. It's, such, it's so lovely getting quiet time to chat with you, Andrew. Oh, well, thank you. Because <laughs> we're so always taking care of the kids. I look forward to our podcasting. I look forward to it, too. I think everyone heard the bloop in there secretly. I thought it in my head. Did you hear it? I, I felt it. We'll, we'll tell you about the bloop every day. Oh, they heard it already. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find more info about autism, links to all our social media accounts, as well as more of our podcasts at guardiansofthespectrum.org. We'll see you next time. <laughs>